0: Welcome to Analyzing Finance with Nick. In today's video, I'm going to go back to the economic future series and talk about the future of the United Kingdom. The United Kingdom has one of the most glorious and interesting histories of any country in the world, but its future, I would say, is far more rocky than its past the UK's main concern really is just consistently declining geopolitical relevance. Uh, at its peak the British Empire had over 22 percent of the world's land mass and 25 percent of the world's population and it spanned from Canada to New Zealand with colonies all over and every continent really except for Antarctica. And at its peak the British Empire was also the dominant source of global trade. The UK was really the first country to truly globalize and the fact that the UK was the first country to globalize they were also the first to experience the consequences of globalization and how it impacted uh, the domestic populations in those countries. And looking at the UK's story might be a good way to see What happens when a country fully embraces globalization and what it means for the people who live there? Uh, The UK, unfortunately, had to sacrifice its own power for the better of the world by using all of its resources to win the first two world wars and stop the rise of Germany. Uh, They did win the war, they were on the right side, but they lost in human life and treasure and just national zeal was enough to really put the death knell for the empire. And between 1945 and 97, they slowly lost all of the pieces of their empire. They have a few islands here and there in various parts of the world, such as the Cayman. But for the most part, uh, the UK is no longer a grand geopolitical power. And this was confirmed in the 50s with the Suez Crisis. Uh, the UK has really gotten in such a precarious situation that there are even secessionist movements within its home countries. Scotland's is the most notable, where they were one ballot measure in 2014 away from breaking off. But there's also inklings of Northern Ireland reuniting with the rest of the island, and far more minor concerns of secession movements in places like Cornwall, Wales, and the Isle of Man. It's not really just the UK has lost geopolitical power, it's also lost economic power. Uh, London used to be the only really dominant financial center in the world. Now it faces considerable competition and has been overpassed arguably by New York. And several Asian financial centers have not surpassed London but are starting to become more competitive. And I think the best way to measure the decline of the UK's economic relevancy is what happened to the pound sterling since World War II. Uh, during World War II, and even there's a lot of devaluation between World War One and World War Two, it was four U.S. dollars for one British pound, and due to several devaluations, uh, involving just a switch of priorities from the empire to the welfare state, and I really think the final dagger for the UK, and this happened to several other Western European countries, was when the British electorate elected Clement Attlee on the platform of replacing uh, their empire with the NHS, which, yeah, it provided universal health care, but it also really kind of started the growing of the welfare state, which kind of plagued the UK in the 60s and 70s, and also just kind of was a white flag to being able to exert true global influence outside of Europe. And they've had several devaluations over the years just of, due to what I'd say is a non-competitive economy for various different reasons. There was... 67 pound in your pocket devaluation there's the breaking of the gold window in 71 there's when george soros broke the currency in 92 on black wednesday and then during the financial crisis since the uk is a heavily financialized economy uh, when the financial industry took a hit the pound took a hit and then brexit and now the uk the british pound as i'm recording this is at just a dollar 26. so it's lost 75% of its value relative to the dollar, which has lost most of its value versus gold or CPI over the same period of time. So the fact that it lost this much even relative to the dollar just shows a diminishing economic power of the UK. And what's driving this? Why is the United Kingdom's economy so relatively weak and how other powers in Europe have caught up to it and how the US is running laps over it? If you look at GB per capita data, which we'll get into later. They have fallen well behind the United States of America, but I think the main reason is due to twin deficits. Which twin deficits are not really the cause, but they show the measure of what is harder to tangibly prove, and that is lack of competitiveness. Since 1980, the current account balance of the UK has dropped from a positive surplus of almost two percent of gdp to a deficit of minus four percent of gdp and probably due to pandemic and shutdowns it's probably been worse since then but i want to make this more representative of a normal economy so that's why i end the sample in 2020. and the reason why their current account balance is such a problem is because outside financial services what does the UK really export that is considered world-class like they have a few specialty like types of heavy machinery and it is a pop somewhat popular tourist def- destination but that's really the kind of a problem like think about it like there's a lot of great national champions who export goods around the world in countries such as Germany and France and even Italy but the UK it's harder to, to figure out. And even Australia, they may not have like a national champion like consumer product that they're known for exporting, but they're known for exporting a lot of raw materials. Uh, that's, that's kind of why their trade deficit keeps widening. And then their budget deficit also keeps widening because they've promised a, a relatively generous welfare state, although maybe not as generous as some parts of the continent, but their tax income, revenues is not available to pay for it. And usually, what happens that causes a currency to break historically is when you have twin deficits, which is called, between you have both a contracting current account balance and a budget deficit that grows. Even before COVID, the budget deficit for the UK was over 5% of GDP. And these are just a reflection of competitiveness, which comes down to a lack of, I would say, outside of financial services, world class exports. And So what really is the fate of the UK? Really, what's been carrying the UK and why it hasn't declined into the territory of EM is the city of London itself. London carries the country. And when I'm referring to the city of London, I'm even referring civically more to the financial services industry because London still is a world-class financial center. It is the Wall Street of Europe and Africa it's very important to global capital markets it's the hub still of currency trading globally more so than new york or asian financial capitals the u.s is more focused on equity markets but in terms of fx and bond markets the uk and london are still the champions of those markets Uh, and as you see look at the gdp and the productivity levels of london versus the uk as a whole UK London's always been more productive, but the gap between London and the rest of them has widened considerably from two thousand two to two thousand seventeen this data is shown. And it narrowed a little bit between two thousand seventeen and eighteen, but then started widening again during the pandemic. And this tells me that basically the UK is kind of two countries in one. It's London, which is its world class financial centre and the rest of it, which is a hollowed-out industrial um, environment. UK used to be the leader of manufacturing around the world. It was the birthplace of the Industrial Revolution. But as I said before, which is why I mentioned that in the earlier slide, the UK is is the quintessential example of globalization and is the most globalized country in the world. In fact, it's really the only country in the old world um, I don't really count settler societies in the Americas or Australia as this, where the native population is not even the majority of its own capital city. That's really r- rare. And it shows the science that UK has had to import a lot of labor, both skilled and unskilled labor, to do tasks that either its domestic population is unwilling or unable to do and compete in a global economy. And all those people concentrate primarily in Greater London. Uh, and the comparison that really came to my mind of really the state of London um, and the UK, really in England, is the, or I'm going to do another US state comparison here, is the state of New York in the United States. New York is similar where it has a major financial center and world class city in New York City. That is a dominant portion of its economy, and the rest of it is basically hollowed out industry, just like England. Uh, There are similar landslides, actually, you see the map overlay of England, and I'm excluding Scotland, Wales here, Northern Ireland for this example, and New York State. New York State was the Upstate New York was part of the Rust Belt, particularly Buffalo and Rochester, and due to certain policy decisions made by the New York State government and migration to the Sun Belt and globalization, making manufacturing less competitive in places like New York State, which is heavily unionized historically, the 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 Upstate got hollowed out and a population loss and less economic success whereas New York City which had been carried by Wall Street and international trade still continues to prosper even as the fortunes of the rest of the state have not done so well but let's go with the numbers here England's population is 56.2 million New York's is 20.2 million their GDPs are quite similar though it's 2.2 trillion GDP for the England and 1.9 trillion for New York State. And New York State, even though it has less than half the population, has almost double the um, GB per capita. So it explains why they're pretty close in size of the economies. Uh, and it also shows the relative standing of the United Kingdom post-1945. They're both heavily controlled and influenced by their dominant city. Greater London is 45% of GDP, whereas New York City is a sounding 82% of GDP. Uh, If you look at unemployment, it's actually England wins on this. They have 3.7% unemployment rate, and it's arguably a lot lower if it's just the fact that England has bring so many immigrants in. If you have a high net flow of immigration, like if to an extreme one level, such as the UK, in terms of London particularly, it's arguably that your employment rate is negative because you demand so much labor from elsewhere. And whereas you, New York's a little higher, but still they're both at or below full employment. And then the role of finance. Um, the UK is the most, finan- England particularly, is the most financialized economy in Europe, of the larger countries, uh, OECD, the only one that is a bigger percentage, Luxembourg at 25%, where Luxembourg really is a financial tax haven because of their rules on taxes of interest rates. So that kind of really doesn't count, and it's a tiny country. But if a country of any size, England is uh, has the most weight on finance, and I think these numbers kind of understate it, just because it's hard to connect all the other jobs and economic activity that is in london just because of the city of london and the type of people who move there because of it and why a lot of the wealthy in the world have real estate there is because of its status as a financial center and it's a trusted place to do business Uh, new york role of finance to wall street and the securities industry and banking combined are about 24% of GDP. I think that also somewhat understates it too because that doesn't factor in entirely the real estate market and the fact that a lot of people wouldn't move to New York City if they weren't working on Wall Street or a hedge fund or something like that. Uh, the, so I think these are both heavily financialized with a core dominant city and a hollowed out industry really in the rest of the country. And New York. Is doing alright similar to England and the UK but it's losing relative power to the Sunbelt states and California even because of the hollowed-out industry and globalization hurting the upstate New York and also just things such as business regulatory environment and weather have worked against it whereas with the UK it's more just global competition. So Brexit, how does it, where does this fit in with it? I don't really think that Brexit itself is, the, is really going to change the fate one way or the other. I mean so far economic data has shown that GDP growth in the UK has been slightly lower than other parts of Europe since the Brexit election happened. But it's not entirely fair to say that it was caused by that because the actual Brexit process took a while to exit. And on top of that, uh, a lot of the uncertainty around it caused people to not make certain investment in business decisions and slow down the economy. So we need to see really just how these, the UK performs post-Brexit, post-pandemic relative to continental Europe. Because you can argue both ways. You can argue since the UK is such a globalized society, They need trade, and they need immigration to stay competitive and to fuel the city of London, and they're afraid that maybe a lot of European finance may move to other cities such as Frankfurt or Paris, which I'm quite frankly skeptical that that would happen, Brexit or not. Whereas the other side would argue, which I think is a valid argument as well, is that the UK's problem is lack of competitiveness. And if you're going to fix your competitiveness, you can't have your regulatory and monetary policy tied to the European Union. And on top of that, because the European Union is a sinking ship of their own. So if you're trying to compete against an economy that has a lot of structural issues and a block that is has its own ish, dec- secular decline concerns and has similar problems to the UK, such so high debt to GDP, uh, a bloated welfare state and demographic issues. Why would you tie yourself to a sinking ship? Maybe the Brexit could be the chance for the UK to remodel its economy to become more competitive. Or it, maybe either way, they're going to have these similar structural issues, as you see in the, in the charts I sent before. UK was struggling with competitiveness while it was in the EU it's not a newly a brexit thing and so what is my overall final outlook for the united kingdom well it's mixed the uk was the first country to globalize it worked really well for the city of london and for bankers and for people in finance and for real estate owners and those who are involved in those industries or serve goods and services to people who work in those industries they did great, but it was at the expense of everybody else, similar to what happened in the Rust Belt in New York City versus upstate New York. Manufacturing and agriculture and more traditional industries got hollowed out because they couldn't compete globally with places that had more competitive cost structures in those places. And the parts that they could compete well, which is financial services, have done well. Like, this is what happens with globalization. A country hyper-specializes in one field where they have a strong absolute and comparative advantage, and the rest of their industries go to die to the places that are more competitive. And this is precisely what happened both with upstate New York and upper England. And London benefited from, and the UK benefited from highly specializing as the financial services center of the eastern hemisphere. And especially if you don't consider greater China is that outside of greater China, the rest of the world from the Atlantic Ocean to the, uh, basically to China is the domain of London finance. And so they've done well with that. But those who are not tied to that have struggled and that's why you have so much political tensions in a place like the UK. That's why you have Brexit and people looking for somebody to blame because a large chunk of the population was left behind the majority of the uk's population was not tied to the city of london or benefited from the growth of the financial services industry and those who do want to keep that the way things are because it's worked well for them Uh, that's also why i think uk stocks will not really correlate in the future with the uk economy because most of the publicly traded companies on the FTSE are international exporters or have a lot of their operations offshore and so if the UK domestic economy continues to struggle and faces political turmoil and separatist risk and things like that it may not be great for them but they have so much of their business the vast majority outside of the UK's borders they'll do just fine so really your view on the UK essentially is to be what is your view on London as a financial center and if can the UK continue to exist as a hyper globalized state where its dominant industry does well but it's not sunk down by the resentment of the people who live in the hinterlands Uh, let me know what you think like or subscribe let me know if you think of any other dominant UK exports or how the UK can become more competitive in something other than finance or can they just continue to live on being a dominant financial center and let the rest of their economy slowly die off? How do you man- if they do make that decision, how do you manage that socially, culturally, and politically? I would love to hear what you guys have to think about this. Thank you for watching and have a good rest of your week.